On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Happy New Year and welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Saturday, January 1st. It is 2022. It is the first show of the new year. It's good to be here. And we have a atypical New Year's Day sized card when it comes to the NHL. Normally, in recent years on New Year's Day, you've had the Winter Classic. Sometimes that's it. And sometimes you have maybe a couple other games sprinkled in here and there. In addition to that, not today. This is a rare New Year's Day NHL card with a bunch of games, a full slate. Uh, We have nine games on tap today. And of course, we'll break them all down. Highlighted, of course, the main event. We know what it is. It's the Winter Classic tonight. The St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild should be a phenomenal atmosphere tonight, uh, as it always is. The Winter Classic, it's a... uh, Wonderful scene. It's always cool to see uh, an outdoor NHL game. Even though they've done this now for years, you'd think, man, it's lost its shine. It's lost its luster. You know, maybe it's not as exciting or it's as uh, terrific as it's been in years past. I still get into the Winter Classic. And look, it's a a very important game and two solid teams tonight, the Blues and the Wild. Uh, So uh, looking forward to uh, that one taking place. Uh, And of course, we will have extended uh, coverage and uh, analysis of that. Uh, later on uh, in the uh, show but uh, look target field in Minnesota and if you uh, we'll definitely talk about the weather when we break down that game you better have eight layers of clothing on if you're going to that game tonight because it is going to be a downright frigid and cold atmosphere uh, in Minnesota tonight for this game so you'd better be uh, very well ventilated if you will uh, if you're going to be attending that game all right let's start with the uh We've got a slew of afternoon games today. Uh, Five of the nine games taking place uh, on this Saturday Carter uh, day game. So we'll start with the Buffalo Sabres and the Boston Bruins. We've got Boston minus 320 home favorites in this game. Five and a half the total. This is the first game for the Bruins following the break. Of course, they have gone a long time since they've played. December 16th was their last game. That's over two weeks ago. Boston was just slammed uh, by COVID-19 issues uh, prior to the Christmas break, and uh, they've had many of their games postponed. But the good news is you look at it from a 
uh, Boston standpoint, they've got pretty much everybody back uh, and ready to go uh, for this game here tonight, for this afternoon, rather, the Sabres and the uh, Bruins. So uh, that's a good thing to see. Buffalo has played twice now following the break, uh, a 4-3 uh, loss to New Jersey, a 4-1 uh, loss to the Buff to the New York Islanders uh, in their two games since the break. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the new additions to the lineup, we talked about them, Alex Tuck making his Vegas, or sorry, his Buffalo debut, the former uh, member of the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and uh, not really sparking a victory yet uh, for this uh, Buffalo Sabres team. This is a fascinating one. I'm actually going to take a small bite on the plus 270 here on Buffalo. You know, it's not like this Boston team was playing good hockey before their season was paused. They entered that COVID uh, COVID break, that COVID pause, two and four, and there are six games heading into that. You know, we've talked about how they've had uh, several issues defensively this season. It just hasn't been as good uh, a defensive hockey team, uh, and it's been uh, basically played out that way in terms of their results uh, going into this game. Uh, you've got uh, Linus Allmark, who's going to be a net for this early start affair for the uh, Boston Bruins. And, you know, I know Jimmy Murphy, who, of course, follows the Bruins uh, every single day. Um, he has talked about Allmark being a little bit of an inconsistent, a little bit up and down. Uh, he's been a little bit better here in the month of December, but uh, still not the kind of goalie that I think, wow, for a team that's minus, uh, <laughs> minus 340 like Boston is in this game, is that the kind of goalie you think has got the utmost confidence and trust uh, in any better? Um, not me, at least. And Lukanen continues to be solid for the Buffalo Sabres. You know, he's going to be the uh, starter once again here tonight, 2.3, or this afternoon, rather, 2.3 goals against average, 932 save percentage. His start against New Jersey was probably one of his worst ones. I mean, it wasn't one of his better performances. Four goals allowed in that 4-3 uh, loss to the Devils. Prior to that, though, he had been playing very well. I'm just going to buy into the fact that even though we know Buffalo is not a great team, they've the fact that they've played twice and Boston has not played in what, over two weeks now, that means something, especially when you're talking about the early start time thrown into the mix as well. It just It's got that feel of Boston having probably a tough time winning this game by comfortably, I should say. They could win this game. They should win this game. They're still better than Buffalo. I understand that, but... I mean, you're talking minus 340. This team hasn't played in forever. It's not like they played great before their pause. And at least you got a Buffalo team that from a rhythm standpoint, timing, uh, all of that stuff, synchronicity, you know, at least have the fact that they've played twice since the Christmas break, which has to help them a little bit in this regard. So, yeah, I'm going to take a small dab here on Buffalo. Uh, you can get plus 270 uh, in this game. Uh, you know, in certain spots, I'm, I'm I'm more than willing to take a shot with a big underdog. And this looks like one of those instances here where Buffalo might be the way to go. This is another game, too. I'd be probably be looking a little bit at a first period full game over split. We're talking about Boston again and another team off a long layoff. And usually what does that mean? It means sloppy play. It means some defensive miscues and communication breakdowns and the kind of things that could result in goals. Uh, uh, in this kind of uh, situation. So uh, I will be looking at a little first period uh, over one and a half minus 110 and full game over five and a half minus 110 as well. Once again, a situation where you've got a team that hasn't played in a very long time, and that could lead to some trouble and mistakes with the puck. And usually those can end up in the back of your net. So uh, first period, full game over Buffalo as well, plus 270 for me. Three bets, but they're all small uh, in this game. Just make sure 
you bear that in mind. Uh, Montreal and Florida. We've got Florida minus 550, uh, home favorites here, six the total. Man, this has got to be the biggest favorite we've seen on the board all year in NHL action, no doubt. And, and you know what's amazing is this line opened around minus 350 on Florida. There's been a $2 move. It's gone from minus 350 to as high as minus 550 in many spots. So people thought minus 350 on Florida was cheap, believe it or not. And now they have pushed this uh, money line price all the way up to minus 550. I mean, take a picture of that. If you've got a live odds screen and you see that a line there with Florida, uh, minus 550, take a picture of that. You're not going to see that. Uh, again, anytime soon, probably a line this high uh, in an NHL game. Why is it this high? Well, you look at Montreal and they barely have enough players available to them. I I'm shocked this game hasn't been postponed. I am totally befuddled that they have not said, you know what? We're not playing this game, the NHL. Montreal can barely put together 12 forwards and four 12 forwards, four forward lines and six D. They can barely find it scrap and find enough players to put a team together and put a, put a roster together uh, on the ice for this game. And yet, from all indications, this game is still going ahead. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable. I'm, I'm shocked. can't believe it that this game was not postponed. They, they couldn't wait to postpone you know, all, all the Boston games, the Colorado games, the Calgary games. Toronto had some games postponed. They couldn't wait to postpone all of those games, yet Montreal can barely have enough players to play this game and yet they're not postponing this one. So, you know, it's just inconsistent with what you're seeing from this decision-making process. What constitutes a game that fits the parameters of being postponed? Wouldn't this be it? I mean, you look at Montreal. I'm, I don't know how the hell they're going to compete in this game. You look at the depth chart, and who, we already know who's out. You know, Romanov on the Romanov on the blue line, Jeff Petrie, Joel Edmondson, Chris Weidman, Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt. That's the blue line. We know in the goaltending situation, Price has, of course, been out forever. Jake Allen's still out. Caden Primo's on the COVID list now as well uh, for this uh, Montreal Canadiens team. And then up front, you know, you've got Brendan Gallagher. You've got Jonathan Drouin. Uh, they are out. You've got Jake Evans. You've got Yoel Armia, Paul Byron, Christian Dvorak, Matthew Perot, Josh Anderson, Mike Hoffman, Tyler Toffoli, Arturi Lekkanen. I mean, we are talking about, last check, eight players on the COVID-19 protocol list alone right now for the Montreal Canadiens. Like I say, they can right now, here's what you're looking at for Montreal. There's, there's holes in the lineup right now. There's depth charts that don't even have a fourth line center listed for this game for the Montreal Canadiens, because they don't know who the fuck it's going to be because they don't know who, who they're going to find to put in the lineup because they may not have enough players. And yet somehow they're going to play this game. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely floored by it the only thing i can think of is look montreal is having a brutal season they are way out of the mix already there's no way this team's going to get back in any sort of playoff race their seasons you know they're playing for exercise from now until april you know if we don't postpone this game is it really the end of the world this is not a team that's going to the playoffs it's not a team that's going anywhere you know in terms of this season so i think they figure you know what if you know they're hard done by right now and they can barely feel the competitive roster is it really that big of a deal I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what maybe what i think the nhl is thinking right now with why on earth is this game being played and i think that's what it is like we we, we want to try to 
I think they want to pump the brakes on postponing certain games now. And when it comes to this situation, they figure, you know what, Montreal is not going to be a playoff team. And even if they lose this game, they get pummeled. Is it really going to be a make make or breaks uh, type of game for their season? No, probably not. But boy, I mean, it's still just an incredible situation that you got a team that I'm looking at what they might be looking at here. And you don't even have, they don't even have an, uh, an option for a fourth line center. They've got Nick Suzuki, Ryan Paling and Cedric Paquette, and they don't even have a fourth line center. They're going to have to get a spare left or right winger, probably from the taxi squad that they have to be a fourth line center for them today. Cause they, they've run out of centers. You know, they have three centers available. They don't even have four cent. They don't even have four centers available for this hockey game. And somehow they're going to play. So if you wonder why Florida is minus 550, I think I just gave you a boatload of evidence to tell you why they're minus 550 here uh, in this game. Uh, Samuel Montembeau, of course, look, it's got to be him in that. You got no other choice. You know, Price is out. Allen's still out. You know, Caden Primo's on the protocol list. So it's got to be Samuel Montembeau for uh, for Montreal. It'll be uh, Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in net for Florida. Uh, And when you look at Florida, yeah, they miss... Uh, Levy and Nudavar on the blue line. Uh, they're without Owen Tippett and Sam Bennett uh, in terms of their forward group. Um, but boy, they look like a picture of health right now compared to the Montreal Canadiens. So yeah, this is definitely, look, Florida should win, but where do you extract value though? You, you know, minus 550, I'm not going to lay that. The, the puck line is minus one and a half, minus 230. You know, I wouldn't say that's a, a, any sort of value either. Uh, or anything I'm interested in. You know, if you want to go alternative puck line, it's even minus 130 to go with the Florida Panthers minus two and a half goals, you know, in this game. So it's difficult to extract value if you're going to try to back, back Florida here. And the team total, which, you know, we, we took it, I took advantage of this on Thursday with Carolina against this depleted Montreal team with their team total being three and a half still. Even that's now been bumped up four and a half is what we're seeing with the Florida Panthers for their team total uh, in this game. So it's just a really, really tough one to extend. The first period puck line for Florida. Yeah, you know what? I'm probably going to go with that uh, for a small bet here. Uh, That's the one bet that, you know, you could say, you know what? It's a digestible number. Uh, It's not, it's a decent price. And that's Florida first period puck line minus a half minus 115. And look, you don't see a, a minus a half first period puck line, you know, as a, you know, minus, as not a plus price. You know, you've actually got it at minus 115 here. But that's probably if you're going to look for something on Florida, maybe they jump on this uh, absolutely brutal Montreal. Or not brutal because obviously they are <laughs> uh, beaten up and shorthanded to shit going into this game. Uh, but definitely um, a situation for me where, uh, Florida minus a half first period puck line, which is minus 115. That might be uh, the one little bit of value you can find here uh, on this Florida team. But, uh, you know, Florida team total too. like they could score five. I mean, they should score five uh, in this game. But, uh, you know, those four and a half team totals are dicey. And what if we get a Carolina situation? Because once they got up three, nothing, and then they scored that third period goal, but they weren't actively looking for goals. You know, when they got up three, nothing, four, nothing. They were a team that was definitely looking for, uh, looking to shut it down, just, you know, coast to the win. So if Florida's up three, four, nothing in this game, do they go after a fifth goal? Are they actively seeking a fifth goal is the question. Uh, but I wouldn't talk anyone out of the 
team total over for Florida. But that would be my concern with betting it uh, in this game. All right. But anyway, Florida should win. And obviously, Montreal is in an absolutely horrendous situation today. Uh, barely able to put enough players on the ice in this game uh, to field a, field a roster for this game. So tough sledding it'll be for Montreal, no doubt about that. Uh, Carolina and Columbus. We've got Carolina minus 200 road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, I like Carolina in regulation here. Uh, I think it's uh, definitely a game they should be able to take care of business uh, against the uh, Jackets. You look at Carolina in terms of their uh, team health, they've gotten a lot better uh, over the last few days. Uh, they've got pretty much everybody back outside of Brendan Smith and Jake Gardner and Martin Uh, and those aren't, you know, make or break players necessarily for Carolina. So they are still fully healthy. Uh, as far as Columbus goes, uh, you know, they're still uh, without, of course, uh, Jonas Corpusalo, uh, one of their top two goalies, Dean Kukin and Gavin Bayreuther on the blue line are still on COVID protocol. Oliver Bjorkstrand is as well. Uh, so they've got a couple guys out and missing, and they'll turn to because of the fact that uh, they're going to give Elvis Merzlikens a rest. They're going to go to uh, Daniil Tarasov uh, in net here for the uh, Jackets. He'll start this game this afternoon for them uh, against Carolina. Uh, we'll see how he fares in this one. He's made three uh, NHL appearances. His AHL numbers weren't great. 3.06 goals against average, 8.93 save percentage down there. So uh, definitely I would think Carolina should have the chance to uh, find the back of the net in this one. Uh, in terms of head-to-head -head meetings, they've definitely had the better of it. Four straight victories they've had uh, over Columbus, and they've won four of the last five times they played uh, here in Columbus. Uh, and I think that's probably got a chance to uh, keep uh, going here so there's a bunch of different ways i would you know caroline and regulation around minus 125 uh, i do like that could go team total three and a half over with carolina i know i won with that the other night i wouldn't talk anyone out of taking that again here the over full game i, I think you could see that cash in as well uh, in this game so those would be the three ways i would go uh, this is not a game that yet I've locked in anything, but I'll tell you, those are the three directions I'm looking at. Carolina regular, actually Carolina regulation I've bet already. Uh, the other two I lean with as well, team total over three and a half and full game over six as well uh, in that Jackets Hurricanes game. All right, Chicago and Nashville. We've got Nashville minus 190 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this is an interesting one here with the uh, Blackhawks because uh, all of a sudden, we've got a situation where Colin Delia uh, is going to be a net with both Kevin Lankinen and Marc-Andre Fleury uh, unavailable for this game. And it's going to be a season debut for Colin Delia uh, in net. So uh, out of necessity, because it, obviously the Blackhawks don't have either Marc-Andre Fleury or Kevin Lankinen uh, available uh, for this game this afternoon against uh, Nashville. And you got to wonder how sharp he's going to be. Uh, in that uh, Delia. This is his first time starting with the uh, Blackhawks uh, this season. You look at his NHL numbers prior uh, to this year. I mean, last year with Chicago uh, in six games, 3.59 goals against average, not great. Uh, 3.61 goals against average with the Blackhawks the year before that. So Colin Delia is a marginal goaltender. I mean, that's that, that's essentially what he is. I mean, he's a journeyman goalie at this point. He's played most of his career in the minors. He's had a few stints we know here and there with the big club, with Chicago, um, but not exactly someone you fully trust here in, the, in this kind of spot when he hasn't played an NHL game yet this year. Uh, Nashville, on the other hand, you know, we'll see if um, the uh, Predators can bounce back. They've suddenly dropped two in a row from the break. And we kind of warned you about, you know, 
Nashville in particular, the break disrupting their momentum because that's a team that won seven straight games prior to the uh, Christmas break. And sure enough, they come out of the break and they've lost some of that momentum and rhythm they had. Uh, They've lost two in a row to Washington and Columbus uh, coming out of the break. Uh, 5-3 to Washington, 4-3 shootout loss to Columbus uh, the other night. defensively they've looked a little bit sloppy too Soros had a tough night against Washington Riddick as well uh, against uh, Columbus Uh, we'll see if Chicago uh, might be able to find the back of the net I would lean to the full game over I think what I like better though is just the Predators team total over three and a half in this game I think that's something you could look at here there's also a very solid potential for Roman Yossi to be back here uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators we'll have to wait and see on that Uh, we're still waiting I think on some confirmation of that Uh, but definitely uh, a situation where you might be able to see uh, the Predators uh, blue liner uh, back uh, on uh, the ice here uh, for this game uh, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So I like the full game over, but I like the team total for Nashville even more. I think they've got a chance to get to four goals here uh, in this game. Uh, Keep in mind, when you look at Chicago, uh, they gave up five to Toronto. They gave up four to Washington. uh, They gave up four to Dallas. And remember, for Chicago, this is their first game following the break they haven't played uh since december 18 so you're looking at a blackhawks team where you talk about you know rust and you talk about sloppy play creeping in and you look down the board we've seen a lot of these instances where teams playing that first game they have all kinds of defensive miscues and have all sorts of issues and you might see that here uh with this uh chicago team here today just defensive uh, miscues breakdowns uh, in their own zone that's all a product of not playing Uh, an NHL game in, you know, almost two weeks like Chicago has. So uh, I definitely like the team total for Nashville over three and a half. Uh, I like that more than the full game over because I think Nashville could end up doing the brunt of the scoring here today, uh, but would also lean to the full game over as well. All right, we go to the final afternoon game on this Saturday NHL card on New Year's Day. Edmonton Oilers, New York Islanders, even money here pretty much both sides, six the total uh, in this game. Um, this is one of the games on the card today that I don't have a very, very strong opinion on, uh, believe it or not. I'm pumping the brakes on Edmonton for at least for today, you know, after what I saw yesterday. And I feel for our buddy Andrew uh, had a really, uh, you know, strong play, I guess you could say, on Edmonton in regulation. And man, <laughs> Edmonton, look, they didn't play great all game, but boy, they finally got the lead 5 4. And by the way, the, that, that 5 4 goal. I don't care how difficult it is, you know, to make a decision with any one review, uh, with any play that gets reviewed, you know, I don't care how difficult it is. You cannot under any circumstances take 10 minutes to review a play. You can't, you can't, you just cannot spend that much time reviewing a particular play. That was ridiculous yesterday. 10 minute review for that Edmonton goal that made it five, four, you got to make a decision better, quicker than that. Uh, whether it's the uh, you know the war room in Toronto, the video replay room that was causing the delay in that decision being made, whether it was you know confusion with what whether the play was reviewable or challengeable or not, which apparently it wasn't after all that. You, you, come on, you can't ten minutes. Ten minutes, you can't take that long. It should be two minutes. There should be a clock in the arena. When they go to this review, and once it gets to two minutes, you know that's it. Make a decision, you know, and, and stick with it. And that because you can't have these games drag like that. 
It, it just killed the absolute flow of that game. 10 minutes is just ridiculous uh, that it took that long uh, in order to have that uh, review gone, uh, the, that uh, goal looked at. So uh, just not done, not done well all around. But when you look at Edmonton yesterday, they think they're going to win the game. They give up the tying goal, 30 seconds left. New Jersey ties at 5-5, and then they win in overtime. Look, they, Mike Smith's not sharp right now, and the and the defense in front of him hasn't been good either. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They've got some issues defensively as well. I mean, at least they got um, Darnell Nurse back yesterday, uh, but still, we're looking at uh, a team that's definitely had a tougher time defensively lately. Uh, we've seen it in their recent results, certainly since the uh, Christmas break. I mean, they give up 74 shots. You know, in the two games combined to the uh, Blues, they lost that one 4-2. And, of course, the 6-5 loss to the Devils yesterday. Oilers have given up 74 shots on goal combined in those games. They've given up a power play goal in each game. Uh, like I said, Mike Smith, who has not played in over two months, has looked like a 39-year-old goalie, to be quite honest with you, that hasn't played uh, in two months with what you've seen from him. So uh, definitely uh, an Edmonton team. I'm staying away from them today, especially second of back-to-back -back games. Uh, on the road here uh, against an Islanders team that uh, look, I know it was Buffalo. It's not, Hey, let's get the pom-poms out and start, you know, celebrating, but you know, you got to win four one over Buffalo. It was a good solid team workmanlike effort, both uh, ends of the ice for the Islanders uh, in that game. Uh, we'll see if that continues here. Islanders, by the way, you know, they still have no Brock Nelson and no uh, Ryan Pullock. Uh, but uh, everybody else, for the most part, looks like they are back uh, for this team. And Anthony Beauvillier has been cleared uh, from COVID-19 protocol and practiced yesterday for the Islanders. Of course, he didn't play against Buffalo. So uh, that's definitely a good news for the uh, New York Islanders that they should have him back uh, in this uh, game uh, this uh, this afternoon against Edmonton. So I'd actually lean Islanders. We'll have to see who's in net here for Edmonton today. Of course, you know it won't be Mike Smith. Uh, today not it's not just because he played yesterday but and didn't play well but also because it's a second of back-to-back -back. so probably a good chance we see Miko Koskinen uh, it looks like he is he is available he's not on the any COVID protocol list he's not injured so I would assume we're going to see uh, Miko Koskinen uh, in between the pipes here in this game for the uh, Edmonton Oilers so uh, I would expect him in net uh, I would lean Islanders here, though. I mean, Edmonton's got to sort out some issues defensively that they have right now. Uh, the Islanders trying to build some kind of momentum. Uh, it's hard to believe that this team, with the record they have, still just uh, for the year, they're what nine and uh, nine and eighteen. It's hard to believe that's the uh, record for the uh, New York Islanders this year. Um, but you know, if they're if they're going to try to get on some sort of run and get themselves back, and they're talking like it, you know, Trotz and the players are saying we're not giving up here. We think we're a good enough team. We think we're a playoff team, and we're going to end up getting back into the uh, mix here uh, in the postseason. So uh, that's going to be the uh, big uh, question here for uh, the New York Islanders. Can they finally get gain some kind of traction and momentum and string some wins together? Because quite honestly, that has been uh, a problem all year for the Islanders. They just have not had any sort of win streak. They've not had any sort of consistency. Uh, we'll see if they can finally get themselves uh, on a little bit of a roll. I mean, if you're going to try to get on a roll, today's got to be a game you have. A, you, you feel you have a shot to win because you got kind of an Edmonton team that's looking to sort out their team game right now, which just hasn't looked all that crisp and all, all that clean and all that good, to be honest with you, uh, in the two games uh, since the Christmas break. So uh, I'd lean Islanders, but this is going to be a game I stay off of. This is kind of a divergent total as well because you look at Edmonton, hard to bet them under. 
Islanders hard to bet them over. I mean, the the, the 4-1 with Buffalo the other night, that game stayed under. So I'm going to stay off that game uh, with the uh, Oilers and the Islanders. But I'm fascinated to watch it because, you know, can the Oilers bounce back from just a rough game, rough loss, tough one yesterday? And can the Islanders finally win two in a row and show signs of maybe getting on a little bit of a run? Because they've not been able to do that lately. We'll see if uh, they can string another win together here. Uh, back-to-back wins here uh, if they can put them together uh, taking on this Oilers team and say what you will about the Oilers struggles they're going to be a step up from Buffalo so we'll we'll let's see if the uh, New York Islanders can step up get the job done here uh, in this one all right before we get to the night games on the uh, Saturday New Year's Day card I want to remind everybody watching and listening about DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL Again, they're offering a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Uh, the Of course, the NHL got rid of ties following the 2005 lockout, so you know someone is going to score and light the lamp. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, time to go to the night uh, games here. We've got four of them, starting with the Battle of Ontario. Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got Toronto minus 310 home favorites, six the total, shaded to the over in this game. Uh, You've got the uh, Leafs now returning from a little bit of an absence here because they've certainly had COVID-19 issues really rip through the team the last couple of weeks as well. They have not played since December 14. So this is now two weeks, uh, two, almost two and a half weeks for the Leafs since they played a hockey game. So, you know, how, what are we going to get from them tonight? Big time question. Ottawa Senators, they also have not played since the break. So these are two teams that are just getting their first game action since the Christmas break. For Ottawa, it's been since December 18th. When they last played, that was a uh, 4-3 overtime loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. So extended layoffs for both of these teams. We're going to have to see which team can handle it better here uh, in this one uh, here. But uh, certainly the over stands out to me. Ottawa is definitely a team that I trust them more to score than stop the puck. Uh, you look at it, they've you know they've gone over the total seven of their last or six of their last ten games. The Toronto Maple Leafs going into the break, they were a team that early in the year, they were winning a lot of low-scoring games. The defensive game was there. The goaltending was good. And it was still there for the most part lately. But also earlier in the year, they weren't necessarily getting all, you know, everything clicking at the offensive end. You know, they'd have games where they'd have chances but only score a couple of goals. Well, that offense certainly started to come alive uh, going into the break. Since November 28th, they've scored 5, 8, 3, 3, 5, 3, 5, 5. I mean, this team has found their offense, and we know the Leafs have 
a boatload of offense. They've got goal scoring. They've got skill for days. And we just didn't always see it early in the year. And they were okay with winning, you know, two to one, three to one games when the offense really wasn't firing on all cylinders. Well, it was uh, going into the uh, break. Now the question is, does the uh, break disrupt things? Well, the good news is, is that for the Leafs, the NHL definitely did them a solid. They're certainly not doing the Montreal Canadiens a solid today, making them play with 18 players on the COVID list. But for the for the Leafs, though, hey, we'll make we'll bend over backwards to uh, accommodate them. Uh, they've pretty much got everybody back here, uh, other than Timothy Lilligren on the blue line. He's the only player that's out. Looks like everybody that was battling a COVID situation for the Leafs is going to be available outside of that. You know, Jack Campbell and Peter Morozik, the two goalies, were on co- the COVID list. Nylander was on it for a bit. Marner. Uh, but by the way, Marner was an injury for him. Uh, he is ready and he is going to be in the lineup tonight for the Leafs. And of course, he was out not due to COVID, but injury uh, before the Christmas break. So big, big uh, return for the Leafs getting Mitch Marner back tonight uh, in this game. But yeah, even most of the players that were on the COVID-19 list for a bit, Mikheyev, Spezza, Rasmus Sandin on the blue line. Uh, William Nylander was on the COVID-19 list. John Tavares was. Alex Kerfoot was. All of these guys are available and going to play tonight for the uh, Leafs. So it's pretty much all hands on deck for them. Fully healthy team for the most part, outside of uh, Timothy Lilligren, the blue liner. Not quite the way, that way for uh, the Ottawa Senators. And by the way, it'll be Jack Campbell and Net tonight for the Leafs. Uh, Ottawa, they've got you know still a few guys out. Shane Pinto, Colin White. Two of their three of their centers are out, so they're a little bit short handed at the center ice spot. Josh Brown on the blue line out. Nick Paul, Tyler Ennis as well. Uh, all out for the uh, Senators and Nikita Zaitsev as well. Uh, so you've got two starting defensemen, three starting centers, you know, that are not suiting up for the uh, Senators. So you have a little bit more of a personnel issue with them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare here, though. The one they really are going to miss here specifically tonight, you know, is uh, with the way he's played is Josh Norris. He's been terrific. He's been centering that top line. He's now in COVID protocol. It's such a damn shame because you look at this Ottawa team and the way that top line for the Ottawa Senators was playing before the Christmas break. And I'm talking about Josh Norris, that starting uh, first uh, line center between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. That was actually one of the hotter lines in the NHL before the break with Josh Norris centering that line with Batherson and Kachuk. Well, to uh, fill the void of Norris, it looks like DJ Smith has decided we're going to slot Timmy Stutzla uh, in that uh, in that uh, first-line center spot uh, and ask him to take over that role here tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So uh, definitely a capable player. And the good news is for uh, Tim Stutzla before the break is that he was uh, finally starting to uh, – get that offense going again a little bit. You know, last year was terrific rookie season for him and kind of this year, not so much, you know, soft, you always say sophomore jinx, sophomore slump. Maybe he's been dealing with that a little bit, but the good news for Stutzla is he's been much better. The last few games, you look at his last seven games, he's collected seven points in those games, uh, four goals in those seven games. So, that is definitely a good sign for the Ottawa Senators, and especially now with your top-line center, Josh Norris, missing tonight. Stutzla is going to be asked to uh, take over that role. Uh, it's good to see Stutzla uh, starting to produce again offensively for the Senators. So uh, that should help them tonight in this game. Uh, I like the over. Like I said, I think um, Toronto's definitely healthy, uh, and certainly when you talk about rust for Toronto, well, it could be that way for Ottawa, so it's a wash. So it probably should be a game Toronto gets the win. Uh, but I could see the Leafs being a little bit, you know, just like a lot of teams have been 
you know, these first games after a long layoff, and you can say the same about Ottawa in this game as well, defensive miscue, sloppy play, that's when it happens when you haven't played in a couple weeks. So uh, I would look over this total. There are sixes still out there with this total at minus 120. So uh, that would be the way I would go here with Ottawa-Toronto, over six, minus 120. All right, it is Winter Classic time, the Terry Edelman special, I guess you could say. Winter Classic, first time ever in Minnesota, St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild. Uh, We've got uh, pretty much even money here on both sides, minus 110, uh, the total six shaded to the under. And when I said earlier in this show, you know, briefly talking about the Winter Classic, that you'd better be bring your woolies or something to keep you warm. I meant it. Bring eight layers of clothing, your woolies, your long johns, uh, you know, a couple blankets, uh, you know, freaking thermostat, you know, th- could you have a hot thermos, a hot chocolate you can maybe have with you? I don't know, whatever you need to try to maintain some level of warmth. You got to try to do it here uh, in this game tonight because it is going to be a, it's going to be, what's that old saying? It's going to be colder than a witch's titty. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be here tonight in Minnesota. The pre, the, the predicted temperature at, Puck drop in Minnesota, which is going to be, of course, 6 p.m. local time, central time, minus 21 Celsius. And with the wind chill, minus 29. So that's Celsius with the uh, with the uh, temperature here uh, in this game tonight. So uh, it's going to be absolutely beyond frigid uh, in Minnesota. So the question is, with it being that cold, how does it affect the play on the ice outside here? Target field, home of the Minnesota Twins. The way I see it, that ice should be in great, great condition. That ice is going to be hard as a rock with how cold it is. This should be some of the better ice conditions we've had for a winter classic in the history of this annual New Year's Day game, to be quite honest with you. How how could how is that ice going to be in any other condition but uh, pristine? For this game, considering how cold it is, um, so you would expect what? Why is it significant to know what the ice is going to be like? Because if you're dealing with a warmer day for uh, a game like this, where it's around the freezing mark, or it's actually above zero degrees Celsius, thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit, if it's actually above that temperature, then the ice conditions deteriorate. And you have to worry about slush on the ice and little puddles of water on the ice. And why is that significant in an outdoor game when you're trying to handicap it? Because it makes passing more difficult. You know, tape to tape passing, making those cross seam passes, making those cross ice plays. They become much more difficult when the ice is not cooperating uh, in an outdoor game. So from all indications, this should be some excellent, excellent ice conditions here. Uh, for this game we'll have to wait and see uh it's going to be interesting uh again you don't it's usually the warmer days where you're going to get worse ice uh here for the winter classic so it's going to be interesting to see you know i was it's the total because i don't think this is a first this is not your dead nuts over i think for minnesota now we know we have talked about minnesota games at home going over well that was at xl energy center you're talking now an outdoor game so you do have to keep that in mind. I don't think you can group it uh, in the uh, same uh, category here. But uh, nevertheless, um, I like Minnesota. That's probably the bet that I'm going to just stick with here. It's just the Minnesota side, uh, minus 110, minus 115. Uh, you know, this is for the first time all year, I guess you could say, for the Minnesota Wild. You know, some adversity has hit them. Four straight losses. 
They haven't played, of course, since the break. And yeah, St. Louis does have the one game under their belt, which was a win against Edmonton. Normally, I don't love backing the teams off the long break, but it's a good team needing the break to really recalibrate themselves and, you know, figure things out. Uh, You know, it's not like they've played horrible during this stretch, but I would say the Dallas game was horrible defensively, uh, 7-4. It wasn't one of Cam Talbot's uh, better games in net either uh, that night for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And keep in mind, it's a guy that's had pretty good season overall. You're not used to seeing him giving up six goals on 28 shots, you know, like he did against the uh, Dallas Stars. So, uh, you know, I think it, th- when you look at this Minnesota team, and and by the way, they Joel Erickson X is a, definitely an absence that worries me. He's been good for them this year. They're battling Jared Spurgeon, one of their reliable defensemen, also missing in action for this game. Jonas Brodeen as well, Jordan Greenway. Uh, those are key absences. I mean, they don't get the headlines that Kaprizov does or uh, some of their other players up front, but uh, Joel Erickson Eck has been a difference maker for the Minnesota Wild this year. So don't love the idea that he's not playing here uh, in this game. Uh, but I think for Minnesota, you're at home, you're at Target Field, you've got the uh, crowd behind you, you've got it's an incredible atmosphere. It's going to have this team amped up. And like I say, sometimes when you're a good hockey team, it's okay to lose four in a row and it's okay to use, you know, the the break to maybe hit the reset button a little bit. And I could definitely see that being the case here for uh, Minnesota in this game. And plus, when it comes to St. Louis, I still do. I still don't love the way they've played outside of the uh, out of the Blue Note City. You know, we, we see that they're 12 and five at home. They have a terrific home record. They're only six and nine on the road this year, the St. Louis Blues. So they have not been necessarily playing all that great away from home. Uh, and they've still got a couple of absences too. Bortuzzo's still out. Uh, Braden Shen is out. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich missed the game against the Oilers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to return. There, it looks like there is. Uh, it looks like a chance that he'll be able to return for this game for the Blues. So uh, it's looking like he's been upgraded to probable. Sunquist as well. Uh, Oscar Sunquist missed the last game. He looks like he'll be back. So uh, a couple guys could be back for the Blues, but again, their road record's not been good. I expect. Minnesota to really come out with a great deal of energy uh, in this game. Uh, And I like Minnesota here, minus 110, minus 115 uh, in this one uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Should be Jordan Jordan Bennington in net for St. Louis. I would expect that to be the case, although it hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, He's he's had an up and down year. Now, he did play well against Edmonton, but can he do it once again here uh, outdoors in the Winter Classic against Minnesota? Uh, That remains to be seen, but definitely... Uh, I'm uh, looking at Minnesota here at an even money price. We're talking about St. Louis six and nine on the road. Flip that over Minnesota ten and three at home. Now technically this is not their regular home XL Energy Center, but it's still a home game for Minnesota, pr- pretty much in in the city. So uh, I like Minnesota here minus one ten minus one fifteen uh, as a slight home favorites, although it's even money in a lot of spots. All right, Vancouver Canucks and Seattle Kraken. We've got Vancouver. Minus 115 road favorites, five and a half the total in this one. I thought for sure, I thought for sure that when Vancouver lost their first game under Bruce Boudreaux, which happened, of course, uh, the other night against the LA Kings, uh, losing that game uh, in a shootout. I thought for sure, you know what? After they lose that first game, Vancouver, I'm definitely not going to back them the next time out. Uh, You know, I'll I'll jump off the train, but I'm going to be on Vancouver here. I mean, Seattle's just a mess. Seattle's. Seattle just can't win hockey games right now. They're one and seven in their last eight. Uh, they lost their only win was against San Jose three to one. 
and they actually didn't play great. They got outshot in that game. I mean, it's been tough sledding for Seattle. And Vancouver, you know, if anything, they're chomping at the bit to get back on the ice and probably not happy they finally lost for the first time under Bruce Boudreaux. So it's just for me, more than anything, Seattle's just totally out of sorts right now. The defense has not been anything as good as I thought, goaltending. And now we got to worry about Drieger a little bit. Because Chris Drieger started the game against Calgary. He gets lit up and gives up six goals uh, in that game for the for the Kraken. So they don't have a goalie they can fully have confidence in right now. Grubauer is fighting the puck. Drieger is fighting the puck right now for uh, Seattle. So they've got some goaltending issues. I'm back on the Vancouver side here, minus 115 uh, in this game tonight. Bouncing back, hopefully, from the loss to the uh, Kings. It was one of those nights where you could just tell the Vancouver Canucks did not have their legs. They did not whatsoever. Uh, you know, they were slow. They were losing puck battles and races all over the ice for loose pucks. Uh, they only had 18 shots on goal uh, in that game against the LA Kings. You could just tell that team was not some team. Some nights you just don't have it and you don't have enough. You don't have that energy. You don't have that gas in the tank. And that was one of those nights for Vancouver. Uh, I'd expect them to be a whole lot better here in this game tonight. So for me, it's Vancouver minus 115 here uh, in this game. The total's tough because it's Seattle's been trending over, but I'm telling you what, Vancouver's mastered these lower scoring, tighter checking games here uh, under uh, Boudreaux uh, for the most part. You know, they've played more unders than overs so far. Uh, actually, it's looks like four and three, uh, four and three uh, to the uh, under. Uh, in the uh, games that they've played under Bruce uh, Boudreaux so far. So a five and three to the under, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, they've, they're definitely playing better team defense and uh, Thatcher Demko has been good in net. Of course it was Yaroslav Halak against the Kings on Thursday night. So I would expect uh, Thatcher Demko to be back uh, in net for the uh, Canucks tonight, probably Grubauer again for Seattle. He's projected to be the goalie, uh, but uh, not confirmed yet, but definitely lean here. Uh, not a lean. I am on Vancouver here. Uh, minus 115 uh, in this one. All right, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. Final game on this Saturday, New Year's Day card. We've got the LA Kings, minus 160. Uh, home favorites here, five and a half being the total uh, in this game. Uh, LA Kings looking to uh, build us uh, the, off the momentum of that. We talked about Vancouver. Uh, LA being the team that snapped their undefeated streak under Bruce Boudreaux, and it was the LA Kings who uh, ended that streak for Vancouver with that two to one shootout win uh, on Thursday night. We'll see if they can uh, carry that momentum forward here against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not sure they will, uh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you're looking at a, a Philadelphia Flyers team that, for the most part, you know they're they're playing better hockey uh, overall. Not one of their better games, clearly, against the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, the other night, uh, getting outshot 46 to 25. Uh, in that game. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the kids in net for them, Sandstrom, uh, Felix Sandstrom, who got the uh, start that night, was pretty solid uh, in goal for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in that game. As far as the uh, Flyers situation with Carter Hart, I don't think he's going to be back. And of course, they're still without Sean Couturier, Scott Lawton, uh, Derek Broussard. So a couple of key pieces um, definitely missing in action here for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. So Jonathan Quick will be in net once again for the Kings tonight. I would think they're going to go with Martin Jones because Carter Hart's not going to be available. And even though Sandstrom played pretty solidly uh, against San Jose, I think they want to give Martin Jones a chance to play one of his former teams. Of course, Martin Jones, a for we remember him most recently, former member of the San Jose Sharks. But before that, he was a member of the LA Kings. So it's And he was actually backing up Jonathan Quick you know, back when he was with the LA Kings many years ago. So 
Uh, definitely a chance to beat the uh, former teammate, Jonathan. Qu- and say what you will, Martin Jones actually did have a good start in his last outing. He actually did play uh, pretty well against Seattle. 3-2 overtime win against the Kraken. He made 34 saves on 36 shots. It was one of his better games of the year. Um, he's still not a goalie I fully trust, but tonight against one of his former teams with the Flyers coming off a loss here, getting the price they're getting, plus 140. I'm willing to take a shot here. Philadelphia Flyers at plus 140 uh, in this game, even with Martin Jones. And anybody that's been watching the Ice Guys for years, no, I ain't no uh, Martin Jones fan, but uh, definitely uh, at this price, I'm willing to take a shot here with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers plus 140 uh, in this game. There's also a goal scorer prop I like here. Morgan Frost for the Philadelphia Flyers. is definitely someone who's getting a lot more chances, opportunity. He hasn't found the back of the net just yet, but he's close and he's had chances uh, right now. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on uh, Morgan Frost for the uh, Flyers. Uh, might be someone you want to look at potentially in this game tonight in terms of a goal score prop. I think he's at least got the potential anyway uh, to find the uh, back of the net here in this game uh, between the uh, Flyers and the Kings. Uh, but yeah, uh, Philly, as long as that price maintains itself, plus 140, you know, at that price, at that number, I think uh, they're worth a look here uh, in this game tonight against the uh, LA Kings. All right, great stuff. Uh, that is the Saturday New Year's Day card. All nine games right here uh, on the Ice Guys. Should be a fun day of hockey. Looking forward to it. Uh, thank everybody for joining us live on YouTube for this New Year's Day edition of the show. First Ice Guys show of 2022 Make sure you hit the like button on the way out if you haven't done so already. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. All right, let's get to uh, best bets uh, to wrap up this Saturday, uh, New Year's Day edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Uh, For my best bet, uh, I'm going to go to... uh, I'm going to go to Ottawa-Toronto, over 6, minus 120. I like that one. Uh, Both teams off extended layoffs. I could see pond hockey developing. I could see sloppy play both ways when it comes to Ottawa. I certainly trust their ability to score more than their ability to keep the puck out of their own net. You know, regardless of who's in net for them, I don't believe they have confirmed a, a goalie yet for tonight. It could be Matt Murray, who is all of a sudden back with the team again uh, right now, um, uh, because it looks like uh, Forsberg and Philip Gustafson uh, still may not be available for the uh, Senators tonight. So it could be Matt Murray, certainly not a goalie we trust, you know, Ottawa put them on waivers that tells you how much they trust him so Toronto should score uh, some goals and bunches tonight but don't uh, rule out Ottawa being able to contribute to the score sheet as well you are still talking about a Leaf team that's coming off a long layoff they could make some miscues in their own zone and keep in mind Toronto was heavily trending to the over in the majority of their games prior to the Christmas break I think we'll see some goals here in this one Ottawa Toronto over six minus 120 for my best bet for this Saturday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast. Whenever you can't watch the show live, I'm Ian Cameron. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Saturday, a great New Year's Day. Happy New Year one more time. And we'll be back with you tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.